Nebraska Public Media Sports brings you Nebraska baseball. Catch our live coverage as the Huskers meet the Indiana Hoosiers on the Diamond at Hawksfield at Haymarket Park in Lincoln. Watch Friday, May 10th at 6 p.m. Central on Nebraska Public Media. You're listening to Hurt at Sports Radio. We're halfway through the show here on Hurt at Sports Radio on AM 590 ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri-Cities, live on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Andrew Rogers with me. I'm Ravi Lula. We are brought to you by our friends at Warhorse Sportsbook and Casino. If hopefully over the last month, when I've been begging you, been telling you to get your entries in for the $100,000 prop card challenge and the $20,000 grand prize drawing for Warhorse's Festival of Games, hopefully you have done that because your deadline was yesterday. Now, the window is closed. You just got to wait a few days, okay? February 5th. The prop cards come out. You go 25 for 25 on those prop cards, and you get your shot at $100,000 for going perfect in that prop card. But even if you don't, you still got a shot at $20,000 grand prize drawing in cash or free slot play. Make sure you are a Warhorse Rewards member and you go validate those entries at the casino in Lincoln to make sure you are eligible for the prizes because nothing would hurt my feelings more than if you went 25 for 25 and didn't get your $100,000 because you didn't validate your entries. Go to the casino in Lincoln, swipe your rewards card, and validate those entries. If you have any questions, confused at all, go to warhorsecasino.com for all the details on how to make sure you are eligible to win. That's Warhorse Sportsbook and Casino. No bets, no glory. Shane, we good? Uh, we're still waiting. Okay. okay. We are efforting Tori Dixon from the Omaha Supernovas. The Supernovas play tomorrow night, February 3rd, 6 p.m. at CHI Health Center. Tickets available at supernovas.com. And for those wondering, Tori is the middle hitter in the starting right. lineup for the Supernovas, so she has a, a strong presence for that team. And a ton of pro experience all across the world. So hopefully we're able to connect with Tori here in a minute. But another team playing at— By, by the way, yeah. real quick, that interview that we had with David, that was great. I appreciate that. And a lot of Northwest Missouri State talk. <laughs> I really enjoyed I'm like, that. like, where is he going with this? I really enjoyed that. So I thank told you. I'm not, you're welcome. I'm not sure who's the most famous alum from uh, actually, yeah, whether whether Shane or, or Dave is, is more. I forgot to ask him about A&G's. There's this like Greek restaurant there. Was that there when you went it to does, school? No. Because the guy has owned it for a long period yeah. of time. Like he is so, um, he is so Greek mm-hmm. that he doesn't speak English. Okay. And he plays like, um, it's not a guitar, but he plays on like Saturdays and it's, it's like a, I, I don't even know, because I feel like I'm so, <laughs> I don't want to be rude by not like knowing, knowing exactly what, it's called. what it is. It's a guitar-like string yeah, instrument, but, but, it's, like, but it's, it, not. it's like an instrument that you, you would probably hear in uh, a, a small Greek restaurant sure, yeah, in yeah. Greece. Yeah. I, I, I don't really know what it is, but he was awesome. Yeah. Like incredible. Owns this restaurant, and I'm like, how did you end up in Maryville? <laughs> You know, it, that's all I always wonder. Mary Villa changed your life, just like David said. <laughs> it's true. I mean, what a great segment yeah, he, he right there. He went to Northwestern. <laughs> I'll go play in the Big Ten. What do you mean? <laughs> 
what do you mean Pittsburgh's in Kansas? Uh, no, that was great stuff from Dave. We really appreciate him uh, joining us. Hopefully we'll catch up with him again soon. But, yeah, he's got one of the most – I mean – well, hopefully we'll get a chance to dig into it some more uh, at a later date, but he's got one of the most unique stories, um, and we kind of got into it a little bit there. Took three years off from football between junior college and Northwest Missouri State, and, I mean, he was part of maybe the biggest upset in NFL history with the the 07 Super Bowl. Um, so just a really cool uh, just a really cool experience that he's had and a really cool journey that he's had through um, his life from California to Missouri, now to now to Omaha, where uh, where he makes his home. But we really appreciate Dave joining us. Um, another team that plays tonight at CHI Health Center. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow you got your Supernovas. Tonight your Creighton Blue Jays play against the Butler Bulldogs. Um, this is a game Creighton should be okay. Um, it is a sold-out game, so... If you want tickets, you you might be maybe they'll release some standing room only, but uh, officially sold out. The Jays are on a three-game winning streak uh, here in uh, at the towards the end of January and now into the month of February. This is we've talked about this a little bit, Andrew, but this is a really important stretch for Creighton to stack some wins because they've got Butler at home tonight. They go at Providence, which is always a tough place for them to play, mm-hmm. and Providence has sort of seemingly figured some things out after the Bryce Hopkins injury. But then you go at Xavier, who's struggling, Georgetown at home, and then at Butler. You probably, if you're looking at that, I look at that stretch of five games and say, I probably want them to go 4-1 and one if they are who I think they are, right? You can drop either at Providence or at Butler, and I'll understand that. They don't play particularly well in either of those places. But you got to get one of them, and you have to beat Xavier on the road because Xavier is struggling this year. They probably need to go 4-1 and one in that stretch. And then end of February into early March, that is money time for the Jays where that five-game stretch, there's only ten games left in the season, but that second five-game stretch to end the regular season, that will tell us who Creighton is going in to postseason play because you get UConn at home. They get another crack at UConn after how terrible they looked in Connecticut earlier in the season. Then they go at St. John's. St. John's playing really good basketball. That was an incredibly close game at home. They take that game on the road. They've got Seton Hall at home, Marquette at home, and then they go at Villanova. I have no idea what Villanova is going to be like at that point in the season. Well, they lost to Butler last time out for one. But anytime Creighton plays Villanova, it's, it's their kryptonite. You know, Dixon just finds a way to make every every single shot on all ends of the floor. And Nova just has this, this, this sort of confidence that when they step on the floor against Creighton, they act like they're, they're facing DePaul. Yeah, like that, that, that's how Villanova at least feels in those moments. Or at least that's how it comes across, right? Villanova is just, is just so dominant and has been so dominant lately against Creighton. It'll be, a, it'll be a test for the Blue Jays, how they come out in that game, for one. But two, how that sets them up for the Big East tournament following. Yeah, I'm, I'm more curious about just because Villanova, I mean, they've lost five in a row. They're not playing good basketball right now. I, I can very easily see the wheels coming off of this thing for Villanova. You could. That's why I'm curious because that game is the very last game of the season. I'm really – and listen, the first game in Omaha was a coin flip. It went to overtime. 
could have gone either way. Um, they split the series uh, against Creighton and Villanova last year. I just look at that game at the end of the season, and I wonder what place Villanova will be in because there's a chance they're not really playing for anything by that point in the year, which would be, A, super unusual for Villanova, and B, I think changes the dynamic of that game a little bit as well. Still, though, when you face a conference opponent, you're coming in. If you're not playing for anything, you still want to take down Creighton. Like, yeah, a I mean, like that. And I'm you not know, saying a lot of times, and you've played on teams like this, and so have I. You just know going into games that you're going to win the game. Like, you just have that, you're showing that sort of energy, and then it just, it, it, you know, it seems like the basketball gods are with you, right? And so, like, that's just how Villanova plays against Creighton. At least that's how it seems over the last couple of seasons. I've also been on teams, though, where things didn't go how they were expected to or how we thought they could. And by the end of the year, whether people want to admit it or not, you kind of just want to be done. You get fatigued. You get Mentally, you get fatigued. You get to the point where it's like, man – we thought we had aspirations to do X, Y, and Z. We thought we could be competitive in the conference. We thought, okay, we go to the NCAA tournament after, after maybe not being what we thought we could be last year. And when things get off the rails, there's a point where you're like, man, I kind of just want this to be over. Not always. And that'll, say, that'll tell you a lot about whether or not Kyle Neptune's the guy for the job or not, as he's only in year two. If he's able to keep this team engaged and ready to go by that end of the season game at, at, uh, against Creighton at Villanova, then I think you'll find out a lot about him. That's where I thought I found out the most about Greg McDermott was the season after Doug's senior year. They had that magical run, obviously ends disappointingly, and then they really, really struggled the next year. That team, by the end of the season, didn't look like they were ready to be done. They kept fighting. They were in every game, or pretty much every game. They had leads against much better teams late in games. They just weren't quite good enough to get over the hump, but they never quit. That, honestly, to this day, I think is one of Greg McDermott's most impressive coaching performances over the course of the year because that was the year that you could see the culture. Kind of like with Nebraska this past year with Matt Rule, right? Losing four straight games to end the year when you're like, man, we are on the cusp of a bowl. We got this. Let's go. And then you start to feel it slipping away, slipping mm-hmm. away, slipping away. But it ne- the wheels never fell off. They were in every game. They were fighting until the last second. They were engaged. I get that. And they yeah, were like there. situationally where you are in the schedule, I know where your head's yeah. at. But that's, my, that's why there, I think th- that game is There are times just in a season when you're like, no, I know I'm going to win this game again. For sure. Uh, but tonight, Butler – Eight o'clock and Creighton, who's a lot better than I think people. Yeah, Butler's they were going be- to be. Butler's better than people think they were going to be, and that's going to be a, a challenging total flip game. Of the roster, if yeah. I remember correctly, from last year to this year. Thad Mata did a lot of work uh, in year two at Butler, and they are a better team than people realize. So that'll be a fun game at CHI tonight. Coming up next, we will wrap up our number two here on Herd at Sports Radio.